0: chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network.
2: I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Got a big seminar coming up right around the corner. You can learn about it by going to robblackshow.com. Because I still do radio, I still let radio people in, and uh, you can learn more about that by using the code RADIO25 when you sign up for the seminar. I'm going to talk about real estate, I'm going to talk about income, i going to talk about retirement, I'm going to talk about wealth, insurance, you insure what you can't afford to lose. I want to talk a little bit about pesky neighbors. Tony Mendez, com. I'm not the pesky neighbor. You're not the pesky neighbor, but we've all had neighbors who are problematic, and even the home that you rent out to people, you've been called the the problem landlord. I was at one point, yes. You had basically, for lack of a better word, what looked like people <laughs> going to the Daytona 500, uh, it, living in your house with five
1: trucks on the, yeah, in a two-car
2: garage. Illegal
1: illegal cars that were, had to be parked on the lawn, otherwise they'd get towed. That's the know, best thing awful. I've heard all day. Parked on the yard or parked yeah. on the lawn. Um, there's a bad joke. I there. didn't believe it till I went to Google Earth and saw it. For myself, it was and you could clearly see the cars trucks, really there was a
2: uh, do you remember uh, West Virginia jokes? You and I grew up on the East Coast, and West Virginia is the state that everyone made fun of it, 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 that doesn 't really exist in California we don 't really make fun of states, but West Virginia was considered really poor, a mining state, and the joke was, um, "How do you tell a rich family in west virginia i don't they 've got two cars up on jacks <laughs> um, and they're typically in the yard, right. Uh, I know. Thank you very much. I'll be here all day. Uh, but pesky neighbors could be a problem with with real estate value. You have any good stories of neighbors? Who, like I once had a neighbor who peed in the yard, and like you'd be like, "Hey, hey Joe, <laughs> like you're peeing again."
1: <laughs> like that's okay. I get it. Save a little bit of water. Save the earth. I get it. Oh, no yeah. I think we we've all had some sort of event like that. I whether mine was always about the the lawnmowers going. the, the House that we lived in had a big yards. So every everybody had a big yeah. yard, so they're mowing their lawn forever on okay. Saturday morning. I and mean, it could be almost anything. You I know, mean, Elon Musk recently talked about coming up with a, a leaf
2: blower, a leaf blower that uh, doesn't make any sound. And I brought that up on air, like with Daria and with uh, James Fletcher on TV. And I that sounds awesome. I'm like, I didn't think we needed that problem solved, but you're telling me we do. Quiet lawn gear so that people can sleep in on
1: weekends. Stop I love watching. the guy who gets the riding mower for like, you know, a 3,000 square foot yard. <laughs> but um, no, true it, story. True story. Lawn
2: mower races in the South. Big thing. Mm-hmm. They take those, those riding mowers. They, they take the blade off and they race them. Like, that's a thing. And they even jack, they jack them up and like, they, they put special parts in to make them go faster. Lawnmower racing. What's wrong with our society? Do you do you understand why terrorists hate us? They see us lawnmower racing,
1: and like you have too much good stuff. <laughs> much, we take it away from time. <laughs> uh, we've seen a we've we've had a neighbor cut. We we had just uh, half of our plot was yeah. all trees. Sure. So half was house and yard, and the other was trees. So and it, that was the whole street, and then one neighbor decided to cut all the trees down. So there's basically trees, no trees, and then trees. So it could it could be almost anything. It's their yard. It's the, they can do anything they want, but um, there's really no way that you can can handle that. Many 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 years many many years ago, I learned a real estate lesson. And as uh, dating
2: Amanda and her mother, they kind of had this like farm kind of lifestyle upstate Pennsylvania. And she was really upset. I'm like, what are you upset about? She says, look, look look out the window. I'm like, yeah, I, I see a house about a mile in the distance. She goes, they just moved it. They put that house up. I want to move. She wanted to move because a house, she could see a house. Her whole life, she wanted a, a farm that no one else lived on.
1: She could look north, south, east, west. That pesky neighbor ruined it for her. Yeah. That kind of happened with the, when they cut the trees down. It was our neighbor, and now we could see through their backyard into the other houses behind us. Fences make good neighbors. Um, they sure do. No. What do you do with a fence? You you buy this beautiful fence, but you can't treat the other side. What if you don't get along with the neighbor, or or he doesn't take care of it? You're only treating half of the fence. Yeah, I never understood that. You're spending, unlike your fence, you spend a lot of time and, and effort on that, and it looks great. But the other side of the fence is, you know, is gray and 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 rotting. Yeah.
2: What I'm trying to get at is things can change your value of real estate perceived mm-hmm. versus real. Right. Yeah, we have a what happened consent. in San Carlos yesterday yeah. is probably the greatest story that's hit San Carlos in a long time. I called you up. I was almost peeing. I was so happy <laughs> like I'm a dog. I get so excited. I, I pee myself when I see a good story. And uh, hazmat crew closes a Cedar Street in San Carlos to remove dangerous material from home. It was radioactive material they had to move, remove.
1: How's that for ruining house value, huh? Yeah. You got to think about how many other people might be doing that same exact thing. So the it's guy right next to a school, which is even
2: crazier, right next to a park. I talked to a guy at a dog park yesterday who lived right next to the house. I'm like, Ooh, you've been exposed to radiation. And he actually is an energy expert because he works for a different department, but not nuclear. So the guy who had radiation in his house, he died in January and realtors are like going through it and cleaning it up or something like that. This is the story I'm getting. They're cleaning up, getting ready to
1: sell, and they find radioactive material. That's kind of awesome. Imagine the disclosures, the, the selling disclosures when you list that property. It's going to say, hazmat found on the property. Yeah. That's not going to look too good. It's not going to look good at all. And it, it will probably have to be disclosed, right? Or it if it's to, not. It's the commonology. Everyone's yes. going to know it. seller knows about it, so that's why they, they put it on that disclosure. And they'll make it. They'll clean it up. And again, it's it's not an
2: ongoing thing, but it does. Suddenly, you're living in a house that had radiation or they material. could sell it as hey, this is the famous house this is the house that glows at night <laughs> we we save a lot of energy because we yeah, you don't have to buy christmas lights which for the record this nuclear expert was talking to me yesterday because suddenly we're a town of nuclear experts your bones radiate energy so when you're sleeping next to your wife tonight she's giving you radiation oh like, yeah okay i get it but she's not a nuclear spent rod so and that's more of a problem to me and he the guy goes When you fly in an airplane, you're getting more radiation than probably that house has. I'm like, (laughs) but it's not a nuclear rod when I'm flying in an airplane, right? It kills real estate value. Or it could. That's the perception. And I only bring that up because um, oddly enough, when you learn more about the story, the guy died in January. His wife died probably about a couple years before that. Um, What did they die of? Alcohol. Okay. Drank themselves to death. Um, My neighbor that I live right next to, same thing. His spouse drink herself to death. Everyone was like, um, I never saw her because it was before I got there. They're like, her eyes were really yellow. Like she was getting jaundice bad, right? And then he, and then he, he did the same thing. I, I'm, I'm surprised. My, maybe San Carlos should be known as this, not the city of good living. Cause that's the name of it. Maybe it should be the city of you'll get jaundice and die. <laughs> You're going to drink yourself into a frenzy. Are you trying to kill your real estate values? Oh, and then then there's two houses from that guy, and he's got the 18-year-old kid who, who likes to race up and down the street when there's no sidewalks on the street. And basically, I stepped in front of him the other day, and he almost hit me. And I stepped in front of him to teach him a lesson, and he basically flicked me off. So I'm now that old man who hates neighbors. Is that fair? That's very fair. Oh, uh, let's talk about real estate. Um, coming up, you and I are going to talk about San Francisco barrier prices fell for the first time
1: in seven years. We don't have to talk about the year-over-year the year, um, increases, yes.
2: The median home value fell mm-hmm. one-tenth of one percent. One-tenth 80. of one yeah. percent. And we're celebrating it as like, hey, it went down. Like This is a big story. That's almost sideways, right? That's pretty much
1: sideways, yeah. But you but, break it down from community to community. San Jose took the biggest hit, of 13% down year-over-year. Coming up, we're gonna be talking real estate, year-over-year year,
2: home price growth. We're gonna be talking about what an expert and mortgage lender is. We're gonna be talking about 20% down, San Francisco, Charleston, and much, much more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. You can find Tony at Bay AreaLone Source.com. You
0: financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM
2: 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about? One of the things I kind of want to bring up, because Tony and I have some of our best conversations off air, is... I once saw someone, his name's Ken Langone, and uh, he's like 80-something, and he calls people kids. And like, I'm 50 years old, don't call me a kid. And he's like, you're a kid to me, I'm 80 years old. And uh, he he had lunch with Jeff Bezos, and he told a a cute little story. He goes, Jeff Bezos has two things. He's incredibly smart, and he's incredibly humble. I'm like, okay, you know. Jeff Bezos started Amazon in the back of his station wagon and he came up with the concept and the idea and he executed probably better than other people and such. But I like the humble and smart. That's something, man, when you're 20, you don't get, you you think you're smart and you kind of, you know, want to piss people off with how smart you are. One of the biggest mistakes I made was uh, I bragged once um, and it was in a business meeting and, it, to this day, I still wish I could have done that meeting different. Were you wrong? Um, no. Okay. Uh, it's a little different uh, when you're wrong, too. I was getting some feedback, and I'll, I'll tell the story, because it's quick. Um, when I started in TV 20-plus years ago, I had a goatee, which I don't have right now. Um, and one, one of the program directors, uh, yeah, that's, there was a program director, general manager. He goes, you need to shave your goatee, because... People will turn the channel. They'll think you're the devil. And I'm like, really? We're in San Francisco, California. Big city, educated city, a lot of college degrees here. And you think people are going to think I'm the devil? And it's just going through my head. And I'm just, I'm boiling at this point in time. I'm like, my show is all about Generation X. And like, you know, I'm not the same old stockbroker guy. I'm different. I don't wear suits. Like, I, like, I, I had this brand that I was like developing and he says you got to shave the goatee. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's that's my brand. That's part of my my image. And uh, two other managers like, yeah, you need to shave. You need to shave. And I said, I make more money than you, you, and you put together. And to this day, I regret that. Sounds like you got mad as hell. I got mad as hell, like the devil. Now, <laughs> this goes to your brother. Your brother is a real estate agent, and you're a mortgage lender. Kind of interesting. Wouldn't you say? Kind of same yes. mother, and then you're other brother does like insurance but doesn't feed into the story well but my younger brother he's a he works for actuaries insurance insurance yeah Yeah. so um but you and your brother don't see eye to eye on real estate to the point that i think you referred to him as sometimes arrogant sometimes cocky and i see him as he's been in a market that's never gone down so he hasn't been humbled Um, and neither of them have yeah. I mean, his wife that
1: I'm speaking of.
2: And I say this with all respect. Your brother's wife is the dumbest woman I've ever met. And maybe that's sexist of me to say, but she's got a, a, a bag of rocks in her head. Um, she's not that smart. And she's a me, 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 me person. So she gets the fake things put into her chest. And like, she's a realtor. Yeah, the hair. And the, well. she platinum blonde hair. Um, and she's good because like people like her. She's likable. That's, that's her skill set. She's likable. So, um, not great knowledge of real estate, not great knowledge of loans and return on equities, return on investments,
1: debt to equity can 't spit any of that stuff out, but very arrogant yeah it 's tough um, it 's tough to have that you know to go into a conversation with a client, for example,, yeah. and uh, always be it 's such this rosy world um, when you haven 't had that moment of humility in your life, and they really haven 't i mean they 've had four kids and uh, but I think the example is that, you know, I, I'd rather take advice from somebody who's who's made the mistakes, who's been humbled in one form or another and can sit back and see both sides of the scenario, which is really the, the toughest thing about working with my brother and and, and my sister-in-law. Just um, they they just seem like it, it just it's a never ending glory story for them. Yeah. It, and the problem and is how smart they are and how dumb and you it, are. Right. And, and, and then they impose that on other people. That's what I'm getting at.
2: And um, I'll, I'll just put it this way. It's uh, a job that you don't have to have college education and you can go out and tell people, go spend half a million, million plus dollars, buy a house. It always goes up. And when you're ready to sell the house, call me and I'll sell it for you. And uh, I, I, I
1: don't dislike realtors, but I really like great realtors, if that makes any sense. And, and you can tell almost right away. Yeah, uh, we're working in a transaction right now where both the realtors are inexperienced and I've, I've never seen anything like it. We had to get I had to get my broker involved, Gordon, you know, from, mm-hmm. the, from our show. And we got him involved because um, and he kind of took the reins on this transaction. And um, and, and now it's finally kind of back on track. But I mean, these two realtors were at odds because they just they didn't have the experience to figure out a, a simple problem. And that was we just might not meet the escrow period. Yeah. Um, so when it's all said and done, I think that uh, um, you got to shop a realtor yeah. and, and really interview them. Um, I I like referrals, but I think that's just one of the three that you should look at. What's one of the three? The three the three choices. You should
2: shop probably two or three. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So yeah, I've I've had great realtors that kind of come across as humble, and they do solve problems, and I I kind of like that and I'm knocking your sister-in-law and I I don't mean any disrespect. I do mean disrespect, but I don't Hopefully, it doesn't stick and doesn't turn negative in our conversations, but
1: (sighs) (laughs) they don't listen to the show. Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And if they did, they'd be like, I'd I'd get all the heat. You wouldn't. Don't worry.
2: (laughs) Well, I don't mind being honest. Like that's not a flaw of mine. I don't mind criticism. I, I, but I I think what I'm trying to bring up is that um, there's not a lot of barriers to entry in the area. And I, I think a lot of realtors don't know what they're doing. So to be fair, and I, I think you're pretty good at what you do. You come up with a lot of solutions. Um, as a mortgage lender, you kind of walk people through the process and, uh, hey, you don't have this, don't worry about it. We'll come up with another solution. We'll shop it. We'll, we'll, you know, at one point in time, you like. there's so many good loans out there. People don't know about it. They just walk into a bank and say, I want that one.
1: And, and not, not only that, they're making it easier for you to, to make choices without the you know advice. How's that? I'm um, just technology. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can just push a couple buttons, your credits run and they, you, they go, "Oh, you're approved. Um, but it, it, it doesn't give you the full picture. Uh, you know, I've, I've been talking to people who repeat buyers that 10 years ago, they bought a house and they're, and they're buying a new house today. And they say, you know, why is it so hard? Why is this different? It's because, um, because Dodd Frank think we need thought we needed to protect you a little bit more. That's why it's a little harder. Yeah, and um, this is for your sake, not for ours. Uh, if it was up to us, I've seen your credit report. I see your income. We're going to get you a loan, but they want to put you through the ringer a little bit. So when you go to these online places and you know where they they say it's easy, it's you still have to do the things that you, you're going to normally do. They're just taking away that that whole ambiguity, you know oh. with with, with like, is it going to be hard or is it not? They're just saying, hey, it's going to be easy, but then they still put you. It's just a You work pitch. pretty hard on a loan. A lot of people just think, you know, I call and I get a loan, but it's kind of something
0: to be massaged. Yeah.
1: I mean, um, you know, a, a, a good brokerage will have all of the tools and technology set up so that they can make it very easy. They hide all the, the work behind the, the phone call. Sounds good. You can find Tony Mendez at com. I will
2: go as far as to say, I bet your sister-in-law can't spell Fannie Mae. Is that fair? Is that fair? I'm just stay away from that one. She <laughs> you might. You are so colorful during the commercials, and then you <laughs> get on air and you clam up. Bad radio. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing just more. Interesting. You can find me at Rob Black Show, Tony, at BayAirLoanSource.com. And there goes the last DJ. Everything's drowning. Going down beneath the waves. I-
0: Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
2: KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. The San Francisco Bay Area home prices fell for the first time in seven years. Down one-tenth of one percent. The median price is $830,000. Now, let's stop and think about this one. $830,000 home, 20% down. Let's just say $600,000 home, right? Roughly. What, t- what sort of income do you need to have to afford a $600,000 home? I've always said...
1: Let's you uh, say you're putting 20% down, okay. um, $480,000 loan, um, you know, your total payments are $33, three, thirty-three, thirty-five hundred dollars $3,500 with taxes and insurance. You, you can expect to double that, uh, minimum double that. So maybe 43% debt to rate ratio puts you right around 90000 a year. Okay. That's more affordable than I thought. Well, yeah. That, I thought you were going to say more like 200000 Well, it depends on on all your other debt. That's the problem that a lot of uh, first-time home buyers are running into is that they carry a car payment or student loans and some credit cards. Um, they're having trouble saving that down payment, so they're actually putting less money down, and they're getting a higher rate, or they're getting mortgage insurance. So that's why that 20% mark is um, – that extra 10% or 5%, whatever it is, to get to that 20% is a decent rate of return. We do, I, I've been talking more about rate of returns okay. to people lately because – Okay, if you can borrow the money and get to twenty percent down, it helps your rate. You get rid of mortgage insurance. You're borrowing less, and so on. So you're actually getting a rate of return on the investment you put in there. Um, not saying take it out of your retirement, but a lot of uh, we're seeing a lot more people taking money out of retirement or getting gifts. There's certainly um, no lack of the gifts. In fact, we've seen more gift money across the United States than we've ever seen. 800-516-1220 to get your
2: calls on the air. Rate of return, kind of an interesting way. Um, one of the things you just brought up was mortgage insurance. It's kind of interesting. I'm going to say this, and it's going to shock you because it's your world. I, I, I haven't thought about mortgage insurance in probably 20 years. Do you find that as people mature, they're not caught up in the small details? And that's a small de- It's an important detail. As people mature, maybe as I got more wealth, I was just like, ah, push forward with it. Let's get it done. Well,
1: it was kind of the same philosophy people have when they buy a car. They buy a car in cash. They don't want to pay the the, the extra premium, in this case, interest, unless you're getting a you know a low zero percent interest. I think I have like one percent on my loan. I was like, okay, I'll do that. Okay. Um I had one percent for a six-year loan on a car, and I was like, oh I'll do that. Um It's a nice way to build credit, but at the same time, it's a situation where if you wreck your car or something like that, you quickly learn it's a liability. So you you do try to aim for that 20% down, but there's a lot of products out today that you don't even need. 20% 20% down in order to avoid mortgage insurance. One of them is what they call lender paid mortgage insurance, which lender paid. Okay. Right. So that what they do is instead of giving you the, the premium rate plus mortgage insurance, what they do is they give you a slightly higher rate. And then the, the lender actually pays for the mortgage insurance from that money that you were paying them in interest. So they give you a higher interest rate. So that's called lender paid mortgage insurance. That works. If you keep the loan for a really long time, it also works. If you can get some seller credit, yeah. So what you can do is, you, for example, you say, I have $120,000 put down on a $600,000 house, but I have no other money for closing costs. I have no other money. For I, I, this is all I have. So what you do is instead of putting 120 down, you put 100 down. Use that 20 thousand dollars to get the lowest rate possible. Even though you're paying mortgage insurance yeah. or you're doing lender paid, you end up with the same payment because you've now bought the the interest rate down and used the money instead to get the rate. So you end. There there are ways to do this. There's there's also what they call non non qualified mortgages that you can non-qualified go qualify mortgages which uh, don't fit the Fannie Mae Freddie Mac government okay. guaranteed loans and. Uh, um, they have higher debt ratios. You go know, to low. You know, you still need a decent credit score to get the best rates. But you can go as little as ten percent down with no mortgage insurance. You can also get a first and second loan. The second loan, yes, has a higher rate, but you don't have mortgage insurance. And then a lot of people—that's what I did with my right, first house. And a lot of people do that because they—they they go, oh, "Why? Well, I might get a bonus later in the year. I'll just pay it off, and then I'll have a nice equity line open as a kind of a security blanket that, for emergencies." Yeah. So there's a lot of ways. That, and, and so we go back and we talk about the standard. You haven't talked. about about mortgage insurance for years. Right. In fact, you probably never have had it. Okay. Um, I did one on my first loan on on, F, on FHA. But bec- because of these new products, people are, are finding other options to avoid it and then say, you know what? I'll have equity later. My credit score might improve. I'll just refinance. You just talked in the earlier segment about how we're in a long period of low interest rates. That gives people opportunities to go into a, a transaction where they buy the house. Yeah do what they take a higher rate and it sounds silly, but take a higher rate. You get a lot of credit from the the lender because you're taking a higher rate. It's called a rebate that pays for your closing costs. You're doing a low cost loan as possible. You're saving cash in your pocket. You wait till later when you, maybe you you, you can improve your credit and maybe you did get an f h e loan and then you refinance later. You roll the cost in at the premium rate and then you never, you didn't spend the money. So, at least out of your pocket. So there's so when you have a market like this, where you've seen nine or ten years of of improving home prices, you can kind of bank, not bank, but kind of predict what you can do in these scenarios. And now that you add uh, you know low interest rates to that formula, it 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 makes it a lot easier for you to stomach something like a, a less than twenty percent down loan or mortgage insurance. Yeah, the mortgage insurance
2: thing just put in a bow on that. My first loan was. In my 20s, right? Early 20s. And I had a business partner who co-signed with me, which is just, it's, it's, to think about that, Tony, is insane. So a guy named Will Goodwin co-signed a mortgage with me so I can get a loan because I wasn't making enough, I was the brains of the company, but I wasn't getting paid a lot. So he knew we need to keep him around. So he kind of did me a favor, but I got a second mortgage on top of a first mortgage. Do you know what my second mortgage was? Probably 11, 12%. Maybe. Probably 9, 10%. Yeah. And the first one was like 7, 8. So the first mortgage was the bigger of the two. The second one was, so I didn't have money down. Isn't that kind of crazy? Oh, you don't have any money to put down. We're just going to give you a,
1: a loan to put money down. Yeah. On a loan. It's like, whoa. Yeah, there was, there was, It wasn't too long ago where you could do 100% financing the only 200% financing right now is the VA loan which is a fantastic loan it doesn't even come with mortgage insurance um, i would i'm surprised that we're still up to see people that have not used their VA benefits it's a fantastic it's the best loan in the market but uh, go back to 2005 6 and 7 you could still do 100% financing where yeah. first for 80% and a second for 20% and then and and not only that, you could have done it with stated income, liar loans. I mean, you, you would almost do any combination of loans. That's gone away, but it's the you know kind of more sensible approach towards what they, we call qualified mortgages is is coming back. It really is the the, the best time to get a loan in the last ten years. The, and I don't want to say easiest. It's still. There, the, these guidelines are there to protect you and to protect the securities in, in the mortgage-backed security market, and that's why we have prime rates. So, so. I like complaining about how hard it is to get loans because it keeps your interest rates lower. That means they can sell these loans at a premium at these lower interest rates and people will buy them. And they will because they expect a good rate of re, a solid, no risk or low risk rate of return on these securities. That's why you get low interest rates. So complain a little bit and thank Dodd-Frank for keeping these low interest rates. Now, at the same time. Fannie Mae is going to pay back like $4 billion to the treasury. Where's that money? Why isn't it going back to the the stockholders? We have no idea why are they in conservatorship when they're making bank. Yeah. And why, why is the government trying to get rid of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac when they're bringing billions of dollars to the treasury? Um, that's something that just uh, it blows my mind.
2: Well, I, I saw a, a whole story. other topic. I saw a story and you and I had a conversation on this. Real estate prices in Miami are going up in the higher elevations in the hills because the water is creeping up on the beaches Jakarta, which is the capital city of Indonesia, Indonesia which for the record, you want to hear how bad I am. I will beat you in every investment category of jeopardy. I'll beat you hands down. And then you do world maps. I don't, I can't find Indonesia on a map. I, I'm thinking it's somewhere close to Korea. Like that, no, that's no. See that's bad, right? That's bad. That's bad. Somewhere in Asia, got I get <laughs> a bigger picture. But Jakarta is sinking so fast and so rapidly that they have to find a new capital. Um, the land
1: sinking and the water rising. So there was an article the other day about the big, the big iceberg in. Um, or the ice shelf in Antarctica yeah. that's melting 10 times faster than they thought it was rising and possible rising sea levels faster than we thought. I'm good I mean, with that. Cause I hate penguins. <laughs> the only thing worse than a penguin is a polar bear. I'm fine with that. Um,
2: dolphins, not a big fan of dolphins, but Miami real estate prices are going up in the hills, run into the, the hills, the loan process. And we don't, we don't have a lot of time. So just try to tie this up nicely. Is it more difficult to get a loan done in an area that's sinking?
1: Or no one cares at this point in time. No, you just get flood insurance. It's going to cost insurance. you more. Okay. If if indeed it is deemed a flood insurance, uh, I'm sorry, flood air uh, special flood zone, um, which I think everybody should look into. We ran into a, into a property not too long ago where that one house was in a is in a it was in an HOA but that one house was in a flood zone. Yeah. And so he had to go get flood insurance when the master policy for this HOA did not have flood insurance and they they were claiming they didn't even they weren't in it. So all of these flood zones have been revised recently by the by FEMA. So you should go check it out. You can go to the website. It's interesting
2: natural disasters and mortgages cuz who's on the line? Is it the insurers? Is it the lenders? Is it the homeowners? Is it the government? Um, I think this system needs to get a lot smarter, a lot faster. Because cities like Houston used to not be on a flood zone, and now suddenly it's a flood zone. Yep. It's like whoa. So anyhow, and anyway, it's Tony Mendez. He does all my loans. Um, and we talk a lot. We talk a lot about real estate. We talk a lot about investing. We talk a lot about you know life in general. Good friend of mine. You should do a loan with him. He knows the products inside and out. You can call contact him at BayAreaLoansource.com. That's BayAreaLoansource.com.
1: You
0: wish me see you do the same thing, you know. So leave your, bags, your I really my Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM
2: 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Odd ways to increase your home value. Buy it close to a Starbucks or ask Starbucks to come to your city. That's kind of
1: almost silly, right?
2: I think,
1: so. I think Starbucks actually moved into the nicer cities but, um, or the nicer neighborhoods, and that's just a consequence. It's just a coincidence. It's easier to There's say. something to be said.
2: The very first person I dated in California, she uh, had an apartment in Campbell, and she had a electricity bill that was $4, because she basically went to Pete's Coffee or Starbucks Coffee, used their Wi-Fi, did her evening routine there, read books. Um, <clears throat> so, I get it. It's an I, added amenity to the neighborhood, you sure. And I, you and I are a little bit older. Younger people like the coffee house right. thing which I guess we learned in Friends. that (laughs) Coffee houses are kind of cool. I never watched a whole episode of Friends. I've never watched a whole episode of Seinfeld. Uh, I caught myself watching one of the episodes the other day. I don't know who Aunt Becky is. I've never watched a whole episode of Full House. I've got some odd claims to fame, because there's probably not many of us that could say that. Um, Blue kitchens and blue bathrooms. That could change your curb appeal inside the house when you decide to sell it. Uh, What about trendy features? What do you think about things like hot tubs and
1: uh, spas. And I think it's important to know those things. If you are looking to sell your house, absolutely. Because you've always, you've always talked about how um, you may do, you redo your bathroom in like a gold toilet. Right. But nobody else might like a gold toilet. I love it. I think toilets. it's important that you do know the trends if you're planning on selling your house. And, again, that goes down to your, your realtor. Your, um, the other thing, too, is uh, it's still surprising how many people buy houses sight unseen. I actually read an article about a person who bought a house sight unseen, and when they got into the bedroom, the, the bedroom was much smaller than it, it appeared on the, on, on the online pictures. Well, it turns out that the stager, the realtor instructed the stager to use smaller furniture, so that the room looked bigger so they used furniture that was ten percent sm- smaller than normal right right so um, be very careful, but uh, yeah you should follow the trends you should talk to your realtor and make sure that they, they understand what's what 's consistent with the neighborhood they should know their client the buyer clientele and don 't paint your house pink before you sell it i mean it's there are some common sense things that people still forget to do
2: so let 's talk about your in the commercial. And again, I will say this, the last thing I want to say about that, a nice sink, as you get older, you're like, oh, that kitchen sink's great. I love that kitchen sink kind of thing. You start noticing it. Um, and it does add some, some appeal to it. So, uh, and again, if you get one buyer who's all about the the country sink,
1: it's yeah, well, the, paid for itself. The question is: is, is over the last, let's just say six or seven years in a market, in a high buyer's market, um did it does it did it make sense to put these amenities in and actually care about it right we, we, yeah. we were, because your house is going to sell it for premium anyways now that we're kind of slowing down we're a little bit more inventory hitting the market there's more choices for buyers out there i think as a seller you have to pay attention to this stuff otherwise you, you they're just going to go you know i didn't really like that kitchen this one is is better i didn't like the location but i like the you know the, the the wife will go i like the kitchen or yeah. I like that there's a laundry, you know, the laundry room has more closet space or shelving. I mean, it could be, so that's, I think, is more important as we transition into, into a normal market, a balanced market. I've got a cute story about uh, my wife.
2: She had a house before I met her, and she ultimately sold it. Probably not the best timing, because it was in a down market. Um, but you know what the people did who bought her home? And it was a lovely home. Tore it down. Yeah. And she actually came out of that a little scarred. Cause she didn't think her house was a teardown. She kind of, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's why it's kind of important when you do sell a house that you try to like, uh, appeal to people that you want in it. Um, that's why I always show the, the, the people I'm buying a house from I'm like, Hey, my kids are going to love this, this house. They're going to think of it as a chalet and not a home. They're going to think of it like, <clears throat> and they don't care. It's all it's all about the square footage. So in my market, I don't need a country sink to sell a house because it's probably gonna be a teardown. And that that's humbling, isn't it?
1: Yeah, hopefully you, you're getting the right advice from your realtor that whether yeah, you're yeah, in that, that trail, category yeah. because they may say, "Oh, we'll sell it as it is," and so, and spend the money to, to um, you know upgrade the kitchen and the bathrooms. Next thing you know, the guy comes in and is I'm going to tear this down, and you're like, "What did I just spend all that money for?" You know, and and um, I think it's important. I've seen people expand their house you know, spend a hundred thousand dollars to add a room and only get $90,000 more on. And they, meanwhile, they went through the whole headache of doing all the work, um, getting the loan, getting the contractors, you know, crap all over the house. And, um, it's, I think finding, it comes down to finding a realtor that, that knows the neighborhood, knows the trends, knows the buyers in the neighborhoods, uh, more important than I think, you know, what the selling price is. Ultimately, I think you need the right buyers Maybe, I mean, the selling price is always the the big key. Yeah.
2: Um, Anything we need to know? We're heading towards a seminar. People can come meet you uh,
1: in Los Gatos. Yeah, I I think that we had the perfect call yesterday uh, of somebody who – has some money equity in their house. They're almost paid off. Uh, they have about a million dollars equity, and they're you know they're older. They're they're over fifty, and they're looking to um, see if it makes sense to get into real estate. I think going to a seminar like yours, where you can have a financial planner um, with you know some of their insights on what do you really need in retirement, because this person wants to access That's the tricky. cash in their house. Yeah, yeah. And as for income, but now he added more debt to his primary just to get a little bit of income over here. Now that income's taxed. Does that make sense? Are you maxed on your RA. I think that the the seminar is a great place for somebody to say, what, what, am I doing the right thing? And, and, You know, it's all about how you want to retire. We don't even know if this guy wants to live in his house for that period of time. He might sell it and then end up with some more. You know, the rest of the equity as cash, and maybe it did make sense for him to get a a rental property. But he's talking everything from getting a single family to an apartment building. So there's so many different angles, and I think more and more often we're seeing people look at financial planners as their source of direction going into retirement, especially if you're over fifty.
2: Sounds good. People can find you at com. That's com. They can find me at Rob Black Show. It's Show.com. Thanks very much. Have a good day. Talk to you soon. Find Tony at dot com.